discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Dr. Joseph Mercola, the founder of Mercola.com, is an osteopathic physician, best-selling author, and recipient of multiple awards in the field of natural health. His primary vision is to change the modern health paradigm by providing people with a valuable resource to help them take control of their health. Regular listeners to the Daily Ruckus are probably aware that throughout the 220 plus episodes of my show, articles written by Dr. Mercola have been featured on more than one occasion. And tonight's episode technically adds one more to the pile because Dr. Joseph Mercola will be my very special guest for this edition of Open Mic Night. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Howdy, folks. According to Mercola.com, Due to his tireless efforts in disseminating important health information to the public, Dr. Mercola has been the recipient of numerous awards and honors. In 2009, he was named the top ultimate wellness game changer, which awards, quote, 100 innovators, visionaries, and leaders in 10 categories who are harnessing the power of new media to reshape their fields and change the world, end quote. He has also received prestigious awards from Emord and a Associates PC for his contributions to holistic medicine, including the Sacred Fire of Liberty Award, Excellence in Health Journalism Award, and the Freedom of Informed Choice Award. Dr. Mercola has paved the way for revolutionary changes in the field of natural health. He is always ahead of the curve when it comes to innovative health information, breaking beyond the confines of conventional medicine to bring trustworthy health advice to his audiences. Dr. Mercola has has written a total of 15 books, three of which have been included in the New York Times bestsellers list. Tonight's reading is titled, Why Vaccine Passports Must Be Rejected. And if you are looking for a copy of this article, which was posted August 28, 2021, you will not find it at Mercola.com. Because as reported recently on The Daily Ruckus, Dr. Joseph Mercola has adopted a unique business model and strategy 
strategy for all of the content on his website. Once something is published, after 48 hours, it is removed forever. Luckily for you and I, at least this evening, there is a copy available thanks to Global Research, the Center for Research on Globalization. Now keep in mind, folks, this article was written almost two weeks before President Joe Biden on Thursday, September 9th, imposed stringent new vaccine mandates on federal workers, large employers, and healthcare staff in a sweeping attempt to show his true colors. But I digress. Now, without further ado, folks, I present Why Vaccine Passports Must Be Rejected, written by Dr. Joseph Mercola. On August 12, 2021, NBC Chicago reported the launch of Vax Verify, an online COVID jab verification portal for residents of Illinois. Anyone over the age of 18 can use the portal to check and download their shot records for events and businesses that require it. Illinois Department of Public Health Director Dr. Nozi Iziki said in a statement, quote, as more businesses, events, organizations, and others require proof of vaccination, Illinois residents will be able to confirm using VaxVerify that they have been vaccinated for COVID-19. With the current surge in cases, more people are making the decision to get a COVID-19 vaccine, and this new tool will aid residents in confirming their vaccination where needed." Identity authentication on the VaxVerify portal is done using a one-time verification process through the financial credit score company Experian, a decision that suggests your medical history and finances might become interconnected in the future. This is risky territory, considering we're already hearing calls to exclude unvaccinated individuals from society in any number of ways. For example, politicians, government officials, health authorities, media personalities, and common folk have suggested making life untenable for the unvaccinated by requiring them to get tested daily at their own expense, charging them non-refundable quarantine fees, suspending their driver's licenses, docking their paychecks, provided they're allowed to work at all, canceling their private insurance, or raising premiums by thousands of dollars a year, denying access to loans, withholding government assistance, withholding federal benefits like Social Security, VA benefits, subsidized housing and pensions, suspending their gun permits, barring them from using public transportation and traveling on airplanes, barring them from exercise facilities and hotels, bars, restaurants, even barring them from buying food in grocery stores, and denying them medical care at hospitals and private medical offices. The way we're going, it's not hard to imagine a near future in which unvaccinated people aren't allowed to hold a job, get an education, travel, or even have access to basic financial services. Taken at face value, the rhetoric thrown around right now indicates the plan is to basically destroy the life of anyone who refuses to consent to be a part of this medical experiment. This is as coercive as it can possibly get, and coercing volunteers to participate in human medical trials is strictly forbidden by both national 
and international bioethics laws. Yet it's happening at a scale that is nothing short of mind-boggling and with the full support of the U.S. government. For years, Naomi Wolf, author of the book The End of America, A Letter of Warning to a Young Patriot, has warned that the United States is on the path toward tyranny. In the book, she lays out ten steps toward tyranny that have been followed by virtually all would-be tyrants, be they on the political left or right. They were followed in Italy in the 1920s, Germany in the 30s, East Germany in the 50s, Chile in the 70s, China in the 80s, and worldwide right now. The ten steps toward tyranny start with the invocation of a terrifying internal and or external threat. It may be a real threat or an imagined one, but in all cases, it's a hyped-up threat. From 2001 onward, that threat was terrorism, which was used as the justification for stripping us of our liberties. The quote-unquote war on terror has now shifted from unknown terrorists to an even more elusive enemy, the virus. And unlike previous wars, enemies of the state now include a nation's own citizens. Punishable acts of terror have also shifted from blowing things up with explosives to simply disagreeing with our government about medical matters and opposing irrational health recommendations. Quote-unquote, opposition to COVID measures is now actually on the Department of Homeland Security's list of potential terror threats. In a March 28, 2021 interview with Fox News's Steve Hilton, Wolf explained how vaccine passports will ultimately be used to control you and erase human liberty and freedom altogether. Quote, vaccine passport sounds like a fine thing if you don't understand what those platforms can do, she said. I'm CEO of a tech company. I understand what these platforms can do. It is not about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's about your data. Once this rolls out, you don't have a choice about being part of the system. What people have to understand is that any other functionality can be loaded onto that platform. It can be merged with your PayPal account, with your digital currency. Microsoft is already talking about merging it with payment plans. Your network can be sucked up. It geolocates you everywhere you go. Your credit history can be included. All of your medical and health history can be included. It is absolutely so much more than a vaccine pass. I cannot stress enough that it has the power to turn off your life or to turn on your life, to let you engage in society or be marginalized, end quote. That the Great Reset is upon us is clear. At the end of July 2021, Fails announced a digital biometric ID wallet designed to help you, quote, access government services from anywhere, end quote. The article explains how the last 18 months have led to the necessity for the digital equivalent of services we'd normally access in person. Here, Fails spells out what has so far been brushed off as a conspiracy theory. Quote, so-called digital vaccination passports will play a key role in enabling citizens to access all manner of services and will act as a precursor to the rollout of mobile digital IDs, end quote. Fails admits that this is the intention behind the rollout of vaccine passports in the European Union. Fails further explains that the digital IDs will enable you to authenticate your identity, allow you to keep multiple documents in one place, combine identity verification and payments, and 
and manage digital signatures, thereby enabling the execution of contracts remotely. If you go back and look at that list of suggested punishments for lack of COVID injection, you can see how this technology could make all those processes more or less automatic. The vaccine passport simply becomes a digital ID wallet, and without a digital ID wallet, you simply cannot do anything or go anywhere. If you're upset that PayPal and other digital transaction services are shutting down your account based on your personal views and the things you read, just wait until your entire life is tied to a digital ID and you miss your monthly mystery injection. You might just find yourself a non-person all of a sudden, with no access to food, money, or services of any kind, and probably no real human being to complain or object to either. Of course, this digital ID will undoubtedly be tied to a China-inspired social credit score as well. So you might become a persona non grata, an unacceptable and unwelcome outcast, simply by crossing the street illegally or failing to pick up your dog's poop. Video surveillance with facial recognition is everywhere, and you already carry a geolocation tracker or two on your person. That vaccine passports will violate your privacy is virtually guaranteed, as noted by MSNBC columnist Tiffany Lee in an article titled, The Risks of COVID Vaccine Passports Are Scarier Than You Might Think. Quote, The lack of a federal privacy law leaves digital vaccine passports vulnerable to privacy breaches. They don't solve the glaring problem of vaccination inequality, and perhaps most dangerously, they risk reinforcing a system of haves and have-nots when our poor and marginalized communities are already suffering disproportionately in the pandemic. So while vaccine passports could help hasten the end of the pandemic, they also come with severe risks to privacy, equality, and civil liberties. There are ways to design vaccine passport apps to preserve as much individual privacy as possible. But the problem with any solution is that we lack legal remedies for privacy violations and technological discrimination. There are few legal limits to what data a vaccine passport app could collect, and things get complicated if people feel forced to use the apps to re-enter society. Of course, there are ways to solve these privacy and security problems. Vaccine passport apps should collect as little information as possible, and only information that is strictly necessary to verify vaccinations. States and companies would need to promise not to sell the information collected by the apps, or at the very least, not to sell the health information or other sensitive private information, end quote. Ultimately, that's not the plan. On the contrary, the plan is clearly to collect and join together as much personal information as possible, and there's no reason to think this data won't be shared for someone else's profit. That's what Google, Facebook, and other platforms have done for years. Big data is an industry all its own, and they're hardly going to forego the chance to profit from the unprecedented amount of personalized data they can obtain by tapping into digital IDs. That seems a given at this point. Add to that the facts that we have a Rockefeller Foundation white paper stating that privacy must necessarily be loosened if we are to conquer biological threats. Biological threats are the new never-to-actually-end war because it's the highway to the Great Reset. The Great 
Great Reset and subsequent technocratic rule depends on social engineering, and effective social engineering depends on big data from mass surveillance combined with artificial intelligence. As explained by independent journalist James Corbett, the Great Reset ties you to its control system through an electronic ID linked to your bank account, health records, and social credit system so that it can then be used to dictate every facet of your life. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that wannabe dictators don't give power back to the people once they have it. Once you've given up even a modicum of freedom, you have to fight tooth and nail to get it back. We see this in states all across the U.S. right now, where governors are still holding on to temporary emergency powers after more than 18 months. Freedom is simply never handed out, and protecting your freedom is a lot easier than getting it back once it's been taken from you. Also understand that all the hardware, software, surveillance technology, and artificial intelligence the technocrats need to run and ruin your life already exists. All they have to do is link everything together and tie all the various data points to each individual person. Once that's done, you either obey whatever decree comes out next, or you'll find yourself unplugged from the matrix that is everyday life. In a January 7, 2021 article titled, Technocrats Embrace a New COVID Policy, Vaccine Passports, Mitchell Nemeth noted that, quote, for now, the concept of a vaccine passport is only an idea in the abstract, end quote. Fast forward a mere seven months, and we're already in the thick of it, with state and national governments around the world rolling out health passports and mandates to match. At the time, Nemeth pointed out that the Chinese Communist Party was embracing the idea and urged countries to quote-unquote harmonize their policies with that of China, where QR codes are used to designate who may or may not enter public spaces based on their infection status, using a test now known to produce mostly false positives. China's surveillance system is such that they can track to the minute an infected person's journey through the city, automatically tagging each and every person they came within six feet of along the way, so they can then get a no-go QR code and have to quarantine at home. While we're on the topic of transmission, it was recently revealed that the CDC lied when it claimed outdoor transmission accounted for quote-unquote less than 10% of COVID cases, a statistic that led to the recommendation to wear a mask when walking or exercising outdoors. As it turns out, the 10% statistic was quote, based partly on a misclassification of some COVID transmission that actually took place in enclosed spaces, according to the New York Times, which broke the story in early May 2021. The New York Times went on to say, quote, saying that less than 10% of COVID transmission occurs outdoors is akin to saying that sharks attack fewer than 20,000 swimmers a year. The actual worldwide number is around 150. It's both true and deceiving, end quote. What's more, even indoors, the transmission rate is exceedingly low, likely below 1% and possibly as low as 0.1%. So even indoors, your risk of getting infected is low, with or without a mask. Certainly, you accomplish nothing good by wearing it outdoors, particularly if you're exercising. Getting back to the passport issue, in a mid-August 2021 blog post, independent 
independent journalist Cheryl Atkisson pointed out what should be obvious to everyone, yet for some reason still isn't. Quote, vaccine passports don't prove immunity, only compliance. End quote. The reason is simple. The COVID shots don't prevent infection or transmission. This is admitted by all COVID shot developers, the CDC, and real-world infection data. Since the shots cannot prevent infection or transmission, those who have gotten the jab are no less of a risk to other people than an unvaccinated person. So what public health benefit exactly does the vaccine passport offer? Quote, the only sure thing a vaccine passport or verification proves is that somebody complied with advice or mandates, Atkinson writes. It does not guarantee that the person has any level of immunity. The person could be infected with COVID-19 and could be spreading it to others. Meantime, absent from much public discussion is the broader and longer-lasting immunity scientists believe is enjoyed by the 120 million-plus Americans who have recovered with COVID or been infected without showing any symptoms. This group, according to the bulk of scientific data, generally has better protection than the group of vaccinated patients, particularly among the vaccinated for whom the vaccines are no longer proving as effective as the early months after the shots. What do you think is behind the push to require vaccination and passports and ignore natural immunity? End quote. Commenters on Atkinson's blog overwhelmingly thought the intention behind vaccine passports is power-grabbing, population control, and increasing the big pharma revenue stream. What's your take? In closing, a blog post by the Birch Gold Group, a precious metal IRA specialist, delves into how vaccine passports might affect the financial realm and reshape the economic landscape. Quote, yes, it's an official concern now, a mandatory vaccine passport. Should a mandatory vaccine passport system be implemented, life will never be normal again. Such a program would mean that around half the country could be put in the position of hearing they have no right to employment or possibly even general interaction in trade because they won't take the experimental jab. Second, we have to consider what the immediate economic and financial effects will be in light of this conflict. For example, look at the amount of relocation and migration that has happened in the U.S. in the past year alone. As has been well documented, blue states are much slower in recovering economically when compared to red states with less restrictions. Not only that, but money moves with people. This is a hard reality. But let's say for a moment that vaccine passports were somehow implemented everywhere in the country at the same exact time. What would happen then? Well, the amount of bureaucracy that would be added between the average consumer and everyday trade would be immense, and with red tape comes a slowdown in business. Whole new wings of the government would have to be created to track and enforce vaccine passports rules. Regular inspections of businesses would have to be enacted, and new taxes would have to be created to pay for the system. The end result would be the complete disintegration of the small business sector, and of course many millions of jobs would be lost in the process. Less competition means ever-increasing prices and a lower quality of goods and services. Then again, when governments restrict domestic trade and limit consumer participation based on frivolous requirements, people find other ways to get the things they need more freely. This means black market trade or barter markets, alternative currencies, and sometimes entire underground economies. And 
this is where the government disguise of humanitarianism will really fall away and true tyranny will be revealed. By providing services for each other, common people would be opening the door to survival outside of the system. And if survival is possible, then non-vaccination is possible. Therefore, the argument will be made by the establishment that alternative economies need to be eliminated for the good of society as a whole. There is always an excuse for totalitarianism, with a large portion of the population seeking a means to live without oppression. Alternative markets will thrive, and the government will make war on them, which means the people will be forced to make war on the government. It's inevitable under every scenario. Straight barter will be useful, but so will precious metals, especially gold and silver, along with other hard commodities with intrinsic value and utility. What I see in the near future is economic disaster in the wake of any attempt at a vaccine passport system. Millions will lose their jobs or quit their jobs in protest. Small businesses will disappear under the weight of bureaucracy and constant scrutiny. The quality of goods and services will suffer as competition shrivels. But I also see the birth of a whole new economic system outside of the mainstream control grid. I see true free markets returning, and eventually I see full-blown rebellion. What I suggest is that people get ready for this eventuality. We need to become producers again, rather than mere consumers. In order to position ourselves for success in the new trade environment, we have to be able to make necessities, repair necessities, or teach necessary skills. Those that are able to do this will do very well within alternative markets." End quote. Like the author of that Birch Gold piece, I see nothing positive coming from mandatory COVID injections and vaccine passports, only the destruction of lives and livelihoods, and that's not even taking into account the potential destruction of people's health. Already roughly half of the American population has put themselves at risk for serious health problems in the future, the full extent of which remains to be seen. Can the healthcare system survive such an onslaught? Will the medical system even survive in the long term if worst-case predictions come true and people realize they've been duped by people they've been brought up to trust with their lives? And who's going to pay for the medical carnage, again, if worst-case suspicions do come true? The way out of this nightmare, I believe, is to just say no now, while there's still enough of us to turn this tide around. Yes, you might lose your job. Don't quit. Let them fire you and get the cause vaccine refusal in writing. Yes, you might not be able to fly on certain airlines for the time being, or go on a cruise this summer. This is about the long game. Any freedom you're willing to give up today, you won't get back tomorrow. Remember, the vaccine passport slash digital ID wallet will only remain valid as long as you're in compliance with the rules of the day. Right now, the price of admission to society is one or two COVID shots. In a couple months, it'll be another shot, and then another, and then something else. Once you get on this compliance treadmill, you cannot get off. You have to keep complying, no matter what's asked, or lose your quote-unquote privileges, which used to be everyday freedoms we've taken for granted our entire lives. Is that really the life you want for yourself and your children? If not, you have to be brave. The good news is that in this war, we don't have to dodge bullets, but we do have to exercise moral courage and simply say, no, I won't give up my freedom. Not for a virus. Not for anything. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Friday, September 24, 2021. 
For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.